Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name is Will Anderson. Hey, Charlie, I brought some homework in. Yeah, Will's uh, brought in a couple of sheets of what looks like... It's the coloured paper you used to get at primary school when mm. they'd uh, give you like the school newsletter and stuff to let mm. you know that like school sports are on. Was that printed... Was your? Were, are you young enough that at primary school that was printed on those old school things if you smelt no, them, you oh. got really high? I, I, I long for that smell. That, yeah. well, what was that? It was kind of... What was in that? It was so addictive. It's like the blue inky kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. All I know was you, like you'd they'd, like, hand out a test or whatever and you'd spend the first like 10 minutes of the test sniffing the page <laughs> try, trying to like get as high as you possibly could. Like, and um, I think I've, I've, I've told you about this. Um, my, my, I had a teacher called Mr. Collins who used to sniff the whiteboard markers and, and it was a very similar sort of smell. Surreptitiously or just like... Now, kids, uh, open your books to page 12 and then... That's exactly what it was like. (laughs) Really? Yeah, totally. So we've been um, economics and we used to um, sing that song, Things That Make You Go, Mmm. Because he used to, like, in between things, he'd be like, and that's how I explain supply and demand. Mmm. (laughs) And so, like, he was famous for A, going, Mmm. And B, like, so when our heads were down, he would stand by the corner of the, uh, the whiteboard and he would just take the lids off the top of the, the markers and he would, like, smell them under his nose. Wow. Did, where did you go to school? Is it, like, white trash? You're just, like, a, a trailer? <laughs> it was, like, always hanging out the front of our school begging for loose change <laughs> so he could go down to the office works. It's like, man, I just need a red one. Just a red pen. <laughs> they didn't give out milk at your school, just moonshine. <laughs> yeah. hey, but he did. He used to, like, he used to smell them while we, we, while we had our heads down. But that was that same kind of, you know, you're vaguely getting high from... Yeah. I don't know what... Do you know, remember what it was called? What, that, that inky stuff? The yeah. Ink? No. Like, it was I some sort of... It was before photocopying. I, I keep thinking... I hear the word blue comes in my mind. I don't know why. Mm. Blue something? I don't know. I don't know. Blue but it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It's essentially um, amyl. It was, it was amyl on a page. And it made the sheets kind of damp. It had like a, yeah. just a damp quality to it as well. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Was it, is it come from a printer or is it like a hand print? Oh, God. It was some no sort idea. of, I don't really know how it Some appeared. archaic kind of printing yeah. method, yeah. Yeah. But see, that, but that's, we've lost the joy of feeling slightly high from our copies. Like, you don't get that from a photocopy. I get that from books, though. I love the smell of books. Like, sometimes I have been tempted, I've bitten, like, like in a pages of a book before because the smell you've bitten of, a page of the book yeah because I, w- I wanted to eat it so bad what like, if you if you go through my bookshop over there I i'll find bites you'll just find teeth marks in, in the pages corners. of your books yeah yeah what because the smell is just like yeah but just because something smells good doesn't mean you just start eating it well why not it's my book <laughs> you can't tell me what i can and can't eat <laughs> i suppose you can eat as many books as you like what about those guys in the guinness book of records that eat cars and shit like yeah. that Stevie Star, you're picking who, on me for biting in a book. Who holds the Guinness World Record for eating the most Guinness World Record books? <laughs> that would be a good. That would be a good. Like, it, and, and when the new edition comes out, it's like it's a smorgasbord. The problem with that, it's like going to Sizzler. It, the problem with that though is it's, yeah. it's got a plateau at a certain level because there's only a finite number of books. Right. So anyone, like, you could get a bunch of guys training themselves up. No one's going to get make set the record because it's you know, right. unless it's multiple copies of the same book. Right. You know what I mean? Have you ever got a, like a taste for it? Have you ever like gone, you know, have you ever, a taste for a book's yeah, flesh? Yeah. Have you ever gone like, uh, got really stoned one night, woken up the next day and realized you've eaten the entire Encyclopedia Britannica? <laughs> Only when I'm really stoned. Yeah. I wake up and my stomach hurts and my oh. bookshelf's empty. Yeah. <laughs> you go out to dinner. Everyone's like, oh, no, no. You're like, everyone's like, oh, what do you want for dinner? You're like, oh, no, I had a couple of magazines on the way here. <laughs> And then, like, yeah. the, and then, then public favour mm. starts to turn, and I get known as the book biter. Yeah. And it's like you don't want to invite Charlie around yeah. because you, you know, he'll leave, and then you'll check your yeah. check your coffee coffee table books. Where's, where's my War and Peace, <laughs> Clawson? <laughs> Dirty book biter. Dirty book biter. I love the idea that you would like treat the local public library like like an all you can eat restaurant. <laughs> I would never eat a public book. That's gross because there's other people's fingers. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. I, I don't that's when it gets books. weird. Yeah. <laughs> eating other people's books. Having said that, I've probably bitten books that I've bought secondhand from a garage sale, so who knows what the fuck's on those. Or new at shops that have been fingered by other people. Like, just because... The odds would be less, though, for a fresh book. It's not like a, like a bather's shop where you have to keep your undies on when you try it on. Like, it's a, it's a book. Like, people are flipping through the books. And Did you ever used to collect comic books? Yeah, well, I still do. You did know, you, I've got like, heaps of comic well, books. Well, yeah, I know you have comic books, yeah. but a collector is someone. Did you board and, board and bag? Oh, did I put them in, like, uh, bags? Yeah. No. I did. I mean, in fact, if you look under the bed there, there's, like, I've got a couple of boxes of 
bagged and born oh. in books. But what? Just are, are you storing them, hoarding them in case there's an like apocalypse? A, like you a have fine something wine. to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep it in my cellar. This yeah. is a Batman seventeen. Yeah, it's a wonderful vintage. You notice how the ink is slightly diffused into the edges of the page here. Yeah, like for special occasions in your relationship, you're bringing out first edition copies. <laughs> I've been saving this one for a long time. I really love you. I don't think I, I don't think I had the same um, appetite for comic books. It's just books oh. mainly. But I, I was a, I, I was a real nerd with, yeah. uh, with comic book collecting, right. and and bagged and bought them. And then I don't know. It just gets to a stage where you go, "Am I fucking serious?" Like, unless you have, I mean, I, what I used to do is buy first issues of new comics that would come out yeah. in the hope that you know, in seven years' time, I've got a number one of Superman. But I guess my uh, precognitive abilities. Hmm weren't that good because the first issues I got were like, you know. What I love that that sentence also proves that by eating the books, you don't absorb the information <laughs> that is in the books. Because that would be cool. It would be cool if your special power was that when you ate a book, you then absorbed into your body all the knowledge that was contained in that book. Did you used to think if you put a book under your pillow, the information would go into your head? No. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be a cool superpower, don't you think? To be able to absorb. Like, so if you just needed to know about something, all you had to do was eat the book and then, like, you isn't knew what was in that book. Isn't there a superhero who does do that? Or is there's it? some movie where someone... Isn't it Harry Potter or someone? They put their hand over a page and they get the information. Oh, and it's Buffy. I'm oh. sure one of the Buffys, someone like, you know, one of yeah. the sorcerers. Oh, it's you- Willow. When she turns dark, Willow. She yeah. Hand. Oh, but, that's, but that's different. She's not eating the books. She's not sitting down with a knife and fork. I, I like to I like I, to have the whole image that you have to eat a book and that it's not even that... It, it's quite hard to eat a book. So like in a situation where, say, for example, we're on a plane yeah. and the pilot's dead. Yeah. Uh, but I know that there is a manual there of how to fly the plane and yeah. I know you have this ability to eat books that yeah. we'd then be looking around for condiments and knives and forks and stuff so that you could <laughs> eat this book. So it's my ability alone. It's not yeah. like anyone else has that ability. No, you have a because special if, ability. Because if everyone had that, then they would start bringing out Edible books. Like yeah. you would have audio books and edible books. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome though. And do you think... The and people s- would just be going to restaurants and eating the menus. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't have to actually eat the meal. You'd just eat the description of all the meals. It'd be brilliant. So do you reckon the size of the edible book would, would be equivalent? So if you had War and Peace, the book, mm. and then you had to eat it, it would be equivalent size and weight? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, I suppose if you were trying to cheat, you could eat the crib notes. Yeah, right. You you get sort of the diet edition that but, gave you you know the gist of what you needed to know, <laughs> but didn't fill you up in case you were going out for eating some more books later on in the night. If you had to cook the books first, would that be considered book burning, or would it be fine? Or would you have to eat them raw? I suppose to get all the to words. Eat them raw, otherwise, it's like yeah. a vegetable. The more you cook it, uh, yeah. the, you, you burn up the vitamins. So yeah. you'd, you'd want to eat it raw. So you couldn't, like, uh, for example, um, burn the entire Encyclopedia Britannica down into ash and then snort it or something. You'd have to be. You'd have to eat the pages. I reckon. On the, I, reckon I reckon that would on the black market. That's yeah. what would happen. Like someone oh. would discover that yeah. if you uh, take Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas yeah. and burn it down to ashes and then cut it into lines yeah. and snort it, uh. you have this really amazing trip. There's bookies on every corner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pretty much libraries become like shooting galleries. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. What's your favourite smell? Is it book smell? New book smell? Uh, Do you have like a favourite smell? Um, yeah, I think... I, I, I don't know. I've, I, I don't know. I got food. Yeah, for me, th- food. there's two that come to mind immediately. Yeah. Which is... I have nostalgic smells. Okay, like? Like deep heat, like uh, liniment. Right. And so what does that remind you of? Being raped as a child. <laughs> no, it rem- it's weird that they put deep heat on first. <laughs> it reminds me of, that that would only make it painful. It does have a vague, for both it, does, it does have a, a disturbing connotation, but it's completely uh, uh, legit. Is like football, like yeah. growing up and playing football, and, and that smell makes me think it's Saturday, it's the weekend, no school, going to play football, which I love. So when I smell deep heat, it actually sort of brings back like happy yeah. memories. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, I reckon my two favourite are freshly cut grass. Um, which like I think is from sporting and stuff when I was a kid as well but just like I like the smell of freshly cut grass and the other one is uh, baking bread (laughs) like baking bread 
Did you just get your two favourite smells from the biggest book of smell cliches? I don't care. They are my two favourite smells. I don't care if they're smell cliches. Can you I get... didn't realise I was meant to come up with some edgy smell. Well, I just thought that's what you are going to say. Yeah. Like, no, the, gonna my be... smell is... My, my, my favourite smell <laughs> is the smell of a butterfly's excretion on a lily pad in the morning. No, they're just my favourite smells. They should bring out, like, uh, perfumes that smell like those. I've always thought. Would you want someone to smell like cooking bread if i if i met a girl and she smelled like freshly baked bread at all time i would love that you wouldn't think she had a yeast infection no i would be into that if a girl smelled like freshly baked bread maybe i mean i guess it's just because no one like smells like a pastry Mm. or a baked product Mm. that i have this uh judgment against it but But do you like the smell of pastries right well people smell like fruit so why would it be so weird that they smell like bread exactly the grass thing... I I'm not really understand. into fruit. I don't eat a lot of fruit. Yeah, right, but you like bread. But I like bread. Yeah. But do you think you can tell the difference between baking bread and a baking cake? Oh, yeah, I think so. Or a pastry or a muffin? Yeah. I mean, I don't you know. You can definitely... Never... What, what, so, I don't... Because I think when I walk past a bakery, I don't know what I'm smelling. I just smell Well, they're all... But you're smelling all the smells mixed together out of a bakery. Oh, my like, God. That's just baking. Does that, is, that, is, that, <laughs> is that just like your heroin when you walk past a bakery? <laughs> It's a combination of smells. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm out the front just smelling the bread being baked. Well, meanwhile, all the bakers inside are panicking because all the recipes have been eaten by Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that's going to be the next TMZ. Uh, TMZ. You can't say TMZ. TMZ footage. Oh, TMZ. What do you say? Okay, that's interesting what you say there because because we say Z here. Yeah, but they say. Well, this comes back to the, the other podcast. We were saying like, if you pronounce your name a certain way, mm. then that's the way you say it. So they they say TMZ, so we call it TMZ. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the name of the stunt show that um, was on uh, pay TV where all the guys put their dicks in fans and jump off trampolines into fans and like this Jack Ass? Yeah. Is it Jack Ass or is it Jack, Jack Ass? Because it feels weird for us to say jackass, but that's what the name of the show is. Yeah. It's not jackass. It's not spelt jack a r s e. Yeah, jackass. It's spelt jackass, but we say ass here. Yeah. So a s s can't be pronounced ass. I don't think so. I think that's ass, right? I'm not sure. Like, uh, like you know, if I get a script and it says a s s, but I'm doing it in an Australian accent, yeah. I'll say ass. I won't say ass. But it wouldn't say a s s in an Australian accent. Some, would it? Wouldn't some it say Austra- ass? Some Australian writers do write a s s. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say about the TMZ though would be it'd be great. F- you know how you always have footage of like uh, Andy Dick or someone stumbling out of the Ivy drunk it'll be you know three o'clock on an afternoon in a suburban shopping center and there's will anderson rolling around the front of a brumbies (laughs) overwhelmed by smells hi i'm baker's delight (laughs) (laughs) coming home covered in white powder everyone's like what's that i said flour 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 (laughs) fresh flour i've got bags of the stuff well, Ben Cousins used to train really hard like five days a week and mm. then on Saturday he would just go out yep. and smash a baker's delight. Yeah, totally. Get one of those mini pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't because he looks so good. He, he's not having no, any carbs. He's not any bread. Yeah, there was, there was no carbs involved in his diet. Uh, but oh, anyway, the point of all that is I've brought in two pages of like A4 paper that look like they've been printed uh, an old school newspaper or this is very much like in my local town where I grew up Hayfield they used to have the Hayfield News yeah. which was two photocopied paper it was the local newspaper and that'd be stuck up somewhere no you could like, oh that actually it's news they had editions it was a two page newspaper yeah double, on A4 du- paper double, double sided 2000 people mate there wasn't a lot of news <laughs> It's footy results and cricket results, and you know if you had a good game at cricket, you might get your name in the Hayfield News. No, no photographs would have been pre all that. No, it was pre photographs, but it was it was pretty much just typing on a page. <laughs> was it actually even typing? It was just handwritten. <laughs> was it calligraphy? It, they gave everyone two blank, blank pieces of paper and went write your own news. <laughs> it was actually carved into a stone tablet. <laughs> it, look, Hieroglyphics. Looking <laughs> back on it, don't you think it's amazing that someone did it? That mean? someone could be asked because there was no money. It wasn't like you couldn't, you didn't pay for it or anything. So somebody was having to go and find like to write all these supplies and find stuff to write about to write a little you know, newsletter in a in a tiny little town. That it's not surprise me. It's not the Walkerley Award winning you know material. It's not. If somebody watched all the president's men and been inspired by Woodward and Bernstein and gone, you know what? I've got some Mayfield paper the and hay, a stapler. Hayfield Times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's that weird. I think. Uh, I mean, it's it, it would be weird if you did that in Sydney, yeah. but like if you're in a small town, someone, I mean, someone's got to do it. 
and someone be it would have been someone retired. I, I guarantee if someone mm. who's got time on their hands. Um, a hobby. Do you know who it was? No, I don't know. So it was like a mystery. Is like a pirate uh, newspaper. I, I like the idea that you've implied me not knowing implies it was a mystery. Like everyone in town didn't know. <laughs> you said it was two thousand people. Yeah, well, like... I was a kid and I didn't really care. Yeah, right. So I'm sure people actually were aware. It wasn't like the Scarlet Pimpernel and people woke up in the morning and it was just pinned to our front doors <laughs> <laughs> with a slash down the bottom. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> who is this and everyone's like freaking out like everyone's like don't say anything around people you could be the one who's writing the Hayfield news so were there even, so there's no name accredited to it I but, assume there probably was but you were just too young to. I was notice. too young all I did was look to see if I got my name in there after cricket or football I mean there wasn't like I mean it's not like there's heaps of things going on in Hayfield I suppose it can't cover the local council but what if something big did happen Bin night and what if like Angelina and Brad Pitt's like helicopter crashed in Hayfield like would that just fucking throw the circulation up by what 10, 12 houses I remember when a girl from Hayfield started dating Joey Peroni from Young Talent Time I know Joey Peroni yeah uh, but by the, the, this stage he'd changed his name to Joe Perone. Because, uh, you know, he got incredible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Joey Peroni... Hey, here's a tip. If you want to be taken seriously yeah. and you still sound like someone from Goodfellas... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Joe Perone came to town because t- he was dating some girl who lived in Hayfield. That was pretty big news. Yeah. But that was about as big a news as we ever had. So, this was, this was his post-YTT yeah. days, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was big news. Yeah. So, he wasn't even on TV. She was dating someone who used to be on TV yeah. years ago. Yeah. And that was big news. Massive news. <laughs> Stop the presses. Get rid of those cricket results. We've got to get this headline hot Joey Baroni. First news. time ever. Hayfield resident doesn't marry relative. <laughs> it's true. Though. I'm joking, people of Hayfield. Yeah. We know you're some of our biggest supporters. Exactly. I appreciate I appreciate the support. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I, what I've printed out from the internet, because we were talking the, uh, the other day and I just heard the news, overheard the news on the way here that the uh, inventor, well, not the inventor, the owner of uh, the Segway company yeah. had died in a Segway-related accident. So Segways are those little trolleys you ride, like uh, like Will Arnett in Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, you know, it's a... Motor- Motorised, upright, scooting vehicle. <laughs> it's for people who have the capacity to walk but are too lazy. Yes. But don't want a car or a motorbike or any of the various methods of... Like, essentially, it's for the sort of people who drive those electronic buggies around, but, like, you know, probably... Like golf carts, you know? Yeah, the golf cart ones that you drive down the street, but yeah. they're upright. Well, I think I think that's where they use them, mainly, is, like, areas which don't, like, which, which are uh, not too big to have a car, but small enough that you need... Hang on, the other way around. Big, big enough you need to get around in a vehicle, yeah. but not so big. So, like, studios, golf courses would make sense that you have one of them. Yeah. Because they're small, like, battery-powered. That's their main use. You don't see many in the city, do you? No. Well, you don't see many anywhere. They haven't really caught on, the Segway. No. Even though they're quite a... You see promotional people down Circular Quay or... They're big for Bird promo Street. people. Yeah. Because <laughs> people still think they're a novelty. They're like, look at that guy on that thing. Yeah. So you, you pay attention to what they're doing. The Hayfield News uh, would have been perfect to deliver the Hayfield News on a Segway. It was a small enough town, and if you had your bundle of Hayfield Newses on your back and a Segway, you could have gone around town delivering them. Well, I found um, a list of uh, people who have actually died at the hands of their own inventions. Ah. So I haven't really... Prometheus. Looked- <laughs> Is that Prometheus? No. What's the one with the Frankenstein myth? Is it Prometheus? Where you create the thing that eventually kills you. Yeah. Well, what's, I guess- that, what's that? Was that Prometheus? I don't know. I don't know. All you literature students out there, you can yeah. fix us up on... You know what you've I'm got sure to do by next week? <laughs> yeah. You've got to eat some books about <laughs> literature and come back. So you've got some knowledge here. Uh, so I haven't looked ahead, um, but I will uh, run you through uh, what um, Wikipedia considers to be the top five uh, deaths of people who've been killed by their own God product. love Wikipedia. <laughs> that that's even a page. All right. All right. Hit, hit me. Number one. Uh, now, this is somebody who you, uh, you will have heard of. In fact, because uh, I've just quickly, briefly looked through the uh, list now, and it's, he's the only one I've heard of, I might go from five back to one okay. and finish with the one that we've heard of. So wh- why are they ra- what are they ranked on? Don't know. Okay, it's just, it's just five notable ones. Yeah, I really only just stumbled on this when I was looking up information on the Segway dude. Okay. And then underneath it had a link to other people who've been killed by their own it's inventions. not very sensitive to put a link like that. A guy has just died. <laughs> And it's like, you think that was weird. Check out these fucking dickheads. 
members of his family looking it up for like, oh, all right. <laughs> Don't feel so bad. Yeah. Dad wasn't such an idiot. All right. Uh, number five, William Bullock. Uh, in 1863, Bullock earned much praise for revolutionising the printing industry. Oh, ah. okay. With the fast and efficient rotary printing press. Okay. Okay. Sadly, only four years later, the inventor would die as doctors attempted to amputate Bullock's infected foot that was crushed while trying to kick a pulley into place (laughs) (laughs) on a new machine he was installing. (laughs) Literally stop the presses. That's what he's done. It's like a rebooted, like an antique version of Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Yeah, that printing press from then on became... Sentient. Yeah, half, <laughs> half man, half printing press. Uh, <laughs> All right, so William Bullock at number five. All right. Uh, number four, a guy called William Nelson. Oh, no, it seems oh, to be mostly by folks called William. You haven't invented anything. You're okay. No, this is fine. Uh, William Nelson, the general electric employee, who was only 24 years old when in 1903... He died riding his own motorised bicycle innovation. So he, he's basically what he's done is he's come up with some sort of... Motorised bike. Yeah, so motorbike. What year was it? In uh, 1903. Okay. Yeah. So he's invented a motorbike in 1903, and uh, then he's uh, died riding it. <laughs> Obviously hadn't invented brakes or helmets. Uh, so, uh, number three... He was probably the, he was also, coincidentally, the first guy to trample a wheelie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the only reason he attached the motor it. to his bike is he knew that if he could pull a wheelie in, in front of a bunch of girls, mm. probably going to increase his chances of having sex. Yeah, no, he's, he's invented the motorbike, and then, uh, on the second day, he's tried to jump it over 18 buses. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed a little extreme. Uh, at number three, Michael Daker. I don't know if it's Dacre or Dakar or D-A-C-R-E. The British pilot met his unfortunate demise in 2009. Oh, wow. Oh, here we go. While test running a flying taxi prototype that he designed with the hope of revolutionising short distance air travel. Uh, see, that guy should be like considered a martyr. No. We've been complaining about we don't have flying cars yet. Where no are our flying taxis? And this motherfucker yeah. gave his life for the dream. Yeah. I mean, or you could look at it as being a warning not to trifle with nature. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Uh, the flying taxi dude, uh, it comes in number three. Number two, Franz Reichelt, a tailor by trade, Austrian Franz Reichelt. Sorry, what year? Uh, no, no year. Okay. A tailor by trade, Austrian Franz Reichelt, was known for designing unusual garments. I'm guessing it was pre, like, 1940, because that sentence would not fit now. If you, if you knew any tailors who designed... Oh, no. Unusual garments. Unusual garments. Well, if you heard it these days, if, like, if this had happened yesterday, known for designing unusual garments, you'd assume it was some sort of, like, sex swing. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean? Or like, Lady Gaga's yeah. personal stylist. Yeah, he's the guy who came up with the meat dress. Yeah. Um, one such article was a hybrid overcoat parachute. Oh! This is brilliant already. Where do you get them? I don't want one of those. That is brilliant. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So obviously he's just going, you know what I mean? I need an overcoat that I can... Like, it's like Batman. Yeah, totally. Essentially he's looked at Batman and gone... Who hasn't been at the top of the building... Yeah. And, it, and you're there, and it's cold, yeah. middle of winter, you get your overcoat on, yeah. and you're like, I can't be bothered taking the elevator downstairs. If I could just leap off the edge uh, of the building and had a parachute, uh, that's his light bulb moment. Well, Franz, Franz has looked at that and thought, this is a great idea. Or saw an episode of Inspector Gadget yeah. <laughs> with the button that he pulls, and you know, uh, All right, so one such article was a hybrid overcoat parachute that Reichelt claimed would allow the wearer to glide from high elevations safely to the ground. Okay, claim claimed is an important part of that sentence. I believe I believe considering the subject matter we are discussing that claimed will be an important part of this sentence. Um to demonstrate his innovation. <laughs> oh. oh god. 
I wish I knew what year this was because if it was in the last like 20 it was a good chance we could get it on YouTube yeah. because I would love to see this demonstration uh, it, it was like that classic you know Bill Hicks joke about the guy who you know died um, taking acid because he thought he was going to fly yeah. and the whole you know, thing is if you think you can fly and you're on acid start on the ground <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason to start up high yeah. it's a good point uh, all right, so Franz has um, has felt the need to demonstrate his innovation. Uh, Reichelt planned... Oh, okay, hang on. Now, this makes more sense. Reichelt planned to dress a dummy in the garment okay. and toss it off the deck of the Eiffel Tower. So the guy who wants to invent the overcoat with the parachute mm. isn't completely insane, no. obviously. No, he's not just some guy who's like, like walking down the street combining two objects <laughs> into inventions. <laughs> and up next, my cake cart. <laughs> in my toaster pants <laughs> uh, no no he's, he's not a complete idiot turns out he's going to get a dummy uh, and toss it off the deck of the Eiffel Tower in his overcoat okay his parachute overcoat Bryce Shout met his untimely death however when at the last moment he changed his plans oh you fucking idiot it's like I'm not letting the dummy take all this glory at the last moment. If this were, if they make a biopic about this guy, that's the moment in the cinema where you're on your feet going, Don't do it! <laughs> Don't do it! Don't man. do it! Don't... Let the dummy go first. Yeah, seriously. Then you have a second crack, France. Especially if you've invited people. Like, I mean... Like, it, it, test it on your own. Test it with yourself when there's no one around. But don't, like, on the big demonstration, invite people. Like, that's just... It's stupid. But also, isn't that just like that... When you try it bit by bit... Like, if you're trying to test something that can fly... Like, you'd first test it off something that even if you fell... It wouldn't hurt. ...wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. And then you would move up. But I guess you need... An, or you'll just jump onto mattresses. Like, can't he have mattresses underneath where he's about to jump off? Oh, something like... Like, why does it have to be like an all-or-nothing demonstration? It doesn't have to be. I don't think. Well, let's read off. Well, let's read <laughs> on. Uh, okay. Uh, Reichelt met his untimely death, however, when the last, at the lowest moment he changed his plans jumping from the observation deck, wearing the garment himself, and ultimately dying upon impact. <laughs> so he's, it doesn't make any he's sense. He's climbed up to the top of the Eiffel Tower to the observation deck with his dummy. The whole way with his the dummy in his the o- Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Like, think smaller. You don't have to go up the top of the Eiffel Tower. For one thing, yeah. it's in the middle of Paris, yeah. so there's a lot of people around. It's really famous. And it's really tall. Yeah. Jump out of a tree. Yeah, seriously. Then off the roof of a building and then work your way up. It's much like... and I, No, it's nothing like... But I always am amazed by those people I see like on the news and they've like they've got like a Barbie doll in their ass or something. And I'm like... That's never on the news. Do you, well, yeah, well... You hear those stories. Yeah, you hear those stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, Although I would like to see like, you know, Peter Hitchner opening yeah. up with that. Mal Walden. And what, and what graphic they use in the background. <laughs> Now to a special report from Laurie Oaks. Uh, it, um, I always think, do you go with the Barbie doll first or have you Tried, yeah, built your way up to it? Yeah. Because I can't imagine that if I was going to stick like a foreign object up my ass, I'd start with something small and build my out. way up. You know what I mean? Like, I think so. And much like jumping off a building, if I was going to jump off something, I would like build my way but up. But we don't know that he hasn't. Like, I mean, this oh, is right. a thing. Like, it may have worked on smaller, lower heights. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe his manager, his agent right. pushed him into saying, well, look, dude, if you're going to yeah. sort of get a lot of press around All this, the press is here. It's got to be something big. Like, you can't you be jumping want, off the you, roof of your house. You don't want the dummies getting the endorsement contracts. Exactly. <laughs> that dummy's going to be a hero. But it's amazing that he didn't just do one test run with a dummy. I know. You just or send maybe the dummy would, in Or at first. least someone you don't like. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Isn't that what a PA is for? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, number one in number one place, Jack Daniel. Yes, the Jack Daniel, founder of the Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey Distillery. Oh, not the midfielder who played for St Kilda and Sydney in the 90s. <laughs> no. Red-headed guy, couldn't kick. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Ironically, he was kicked to death. <laughs> no, um, uh, the Lynchburg, Tennessee native died in his hometown in 1911 from a blood poisoning infection that allegedly uh, originated in the big toe of the foot he used to angrily kick a safe early one morning when he could not recall the combination. Another kicking incident. Yeah, because who else? Oh, that's right. Uh, William Bullock, who invented the printer. He kicked that. 
Do not kick inanimate objects is Let's the not kick moral of the story. Don't kick things. Obviously. So, Kicking things doesn't make them work better. Unless you're Fonzie. Yeah. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're Fonzie. <laughs> Kicking things does not make them work better. So Jack Daniels has, um, or Jack Daniel, um, has uh, kicked the safe because he can't remember the combination. Yeah. What's the reason he can't remember the combination? Drunk. He's too drunk on Jack Daniels. Is that what is that yes. are they right? Correct. How do they know he's too drunk on Jack Daniels? Well, I guess they do like an autopsy and he's full of Jack Daniels. <laughs> like they cut him open and just like turban <laughs> comes flying out of his body. Yeah. And, like and, they cut an artery. Yeah. And they just go, ooh, Jack lives here. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically not anymore. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, five people have been killed by their own inventions. The most amazing thing about that is I didn't know his name was Jack Daniel. I no? thought it was Jack Daniels. Yeah. But Daniels is a possessive. It's Jack Daniels, yeah. as in belonging as in, to Jack this Daniel. This is the drink of Jack Daniels. Yeah. But did you think his surname was Daniels, or did you know it was Daniel? No, not until then. Not until th- ten seconds ago when I read that out. That would be really. It was annoying. hard to say. Like to put your name on your product. Yeah. And then have people like misunderstand that for the rest of eternity. <laughs> but it's just like a bogan thing, like adding S to the end of things. It's like that shopping centre Southland in Melbourne that like everyone calls Southlands. It's not Southlands. It's Southland. I don't think anyone... Who calls it Southlands? I've never heard that. Hogan's. Really? Yeah. Adding an S to the end of things is, is like a bogan thing to do. Like use. Yeah, use. Yeah. See you later. I think I use that in a kind of slightly more elegant fashion. I say see yous later. See yous later. Yeah. Yeah, I like yous. Yous works. I don't mind yous. Yous, yous sounds bad, but yous is okay, isn't it? I say yous all the time. I think, I mean, I my intention is ironically, but... But I do say it. That happens though. With I'm the, like, what with, are you up to? With the ironic use yeah. of a word, it becomes part of your vernacular. Yeah. Before you know it, it's actually, you're actually, you forget that it, that's improper use. Yeah. I remember um, uh, when... Or improper use. Ah! As <laughs> when uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, when I, like in the 80s, when, when that those films were out, and I used to think Eddie Murphy's laugh was like really funny, and I used yeah. to copy that. And it's something weird happened where it actually became my laugh for a little bit, like a short while. Like I used to do it on purpose when I was laughing. And then, I don't know, my muscle memory or something, but I started doing the Eddie Murphy laugh and it's really, really hard. I had to train myself out of it. And then you started picking up transsexuals on the street. Well, that was happening before the laugh. (laughs) It was hard to explain that behavior. It's hard to explain. Eddie Murphy, it doesn't really seem to stick to Eddie Murphy, has it? That he was like caught with that transsexual... um, uh, prostitute. There's so much love for him, though. Yeah, that's why I think. Like he was one of those guys who. Um, I remember when you know. How he, he, I guess he's come back. What was his week. excuse, by the way? Was he didn't say a, he was uh, giving her a lift? Good Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. been a good Samaritan. It's <laughs> good Samaritan, Eddie Murphy. But he wasn't having sex with her, was he? She no. was just. He was just pulled over for yeah. whatever reason, and he wasn't high or drunk or anything. No, I mean, I think that maybe he was being a good Samaritan. Well, if you because the only, as far as I can tell, he's straight, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I who, mean, knows? Who, who cares? I mean, it's like, no but, one's busy. I don't have any problem with But if with they him, pulled him over you know, and he was drunk or loaded or whatever, because generally, like, you know, I mean, this is a guy who can probably get, I mean, he doesn't need to go and grab a streetwalker. Like, he no. can get, like, high-class transsexual travestite hookers delivered to his hotel in yeah. the utmost secrecy. So the fact that he did it, you know, it's like that, Do you, you know, the guy, the guy who directed um, uh, Once Were Warriors and one of those James Bond films, you know, he was busted in drag soliciting. Really? Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's done like he's a he's a big shot director. And about two or three years ago, the police were like you know just doing a bust along some street, and he was there in drag soliciting. The director of Once Were Warriors. Yeah, and a bunch of other kind of like big Hollywood films like The Edge and Tomorrow Never Dies and all that kind of shit. Is that right? Yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> uh, well, you probably just, the name probably. I mean, I can't remember his name. Yeah. So the name, but yeah, but he was busted doing that. Right. And he never had any fallout as well. So I don't know. I guess it just depends on the circumstances, how spectacular it is. Like the Hugh Grant one. Yeah. Like so busted because he was actually getting head when he got yeah. busted. But he did okay out of that. He's done fine. In fact, if anything, it probably made him a bit cooler. Yeah. Edgier. Yeah. Like it, it, it's okay for some stars when they do it, and other stars you're like, oh god, you're just pathetic. Like Tara Reid doesn't get any cooler, you know, when you see her photos of her getting drunk, does she? No, it's a good. But point. you know, but you see Mick Jagger drunk or yeah. Jack Nicholson or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I like you even more now. There are some people that you just kind of go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you've entertained us enough. <laughs> it's like that. You need that corrupting influence. I always thought when um, uh, Kylie and, and Michael Hutchins hooked up, like that yeah. was a real. 
Like, I don't know if that was, like, a conceited thing on her part, but she definitely made inroads by hooking up with, like, a, a kind of dangerous rock star, you know what I mean? Like, she went from being Charlene to then having that short haircut, and, like, you just see photos of them together, and you're like, well, you know when those two are alone that they're not just fucking, like, sipping tea. Like, he is a full-blown rock star. Like, who knows what kind of party she's going to. Yeah, like. he's like, what what, what bits of, you know, my clothing can I tie around my neck <laughs> so that we can get off? What haven't I put my penis in? Yeah, that's right. Let's just go around the room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the room and I will put my cock into things. <laughs> Did you uh, ever watch the In Excess Rockstar series, the one on Foxtel? Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I was really into In Excess. They were like my favourite band. They were the first band, well, they were technically the second band I ever saw live because um, uh, Rat Cat were supporting them. So Rat Cat were the yeah, first band the I saw Rat live. Rat Cat phenomenon to me because I think it was just a slightly, I was either slightly too young or slightly out of my radar, but like they're kind of held up as being like indie gods. Yeah. What, what, why? Why? What happened? They had that one album? Or yeah. They have more than one. Oh, they had a couple albums. Um, but uh, no, they were, they were cool. They were just kind of the first of that sort of. They were the first of that style of music, that grunge music, that sort of yeah, edgy indie music. And like sometimes the first people, like, you know, like the Pixies, like, yeah. you know, the, the ones who are kind of paving the way aren't the ones that get the recognition. And it's kind of the next generation that yeah, yeah. do. And I think Rat Cat were like a really formative band. You know, they say of that Velvet Underground. But they were quite big, weren't they? Like oh, I remember, yeah, I remember time. seeing them on Hey Hey at Saturday, so they must have like been quite. Yeah, but like that doesn't mean you're big. Like 1927 were on Hey Hey at Saturday <laughs> every second week. Like you could not turn on Hey Hey at Saturday without seeing 1927 on that show and Daryl talking about how they discovered 1927 on Hey Hey. At Saturday. Oh, is that right? They yeah. discovered them. They might have even been on Red Faces or something. Like no. they certainly were discovered by Hey Hey. Did anyone go on Hey Hey at Saturday? Uh, sorry, on Red Faces and like win when they were doing something serious like wasn't it always comedy stuff that won red faces uh, a lot did of anyone time go on and do anything serious I can't um, remember I don't know the music men probably did some edgy stuff <laughs> <laughs> they just come out and they say like enough with the, the stupid song we're just doing some David Mamet you well, know, you know, Glen Gary Glen Ross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fifteen guys <laughs> doing scenes from Glen Gary Glen Ross. <laughs> the music men, <laughs> the, the music men do Mamet. <laughs> You know the music men, the, the mammoth men. Yeah, you know they still get around the 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 music men. Yeah, right. They well, were performing at the Bulldogs breakfast that I performed at the other weekend at the grand final. But, the music men were the. But it, it, surely it doesn't even have to be the same lineup. Like no one, I don't think it's a no original lineup. No one is lineup. going to see like the music men going. No. Oh God, I hope it's like the '92 uh, lineup. Like, yeah, I hope it's Glenn. I mean, how do you even? How do they even license that? Like. What do they do? Like, isn't it just a bunch of guys doing like pub chants? Well, somebody probably owns the like, the name, the Music Men, and but that's all. Uh, like, cause for people who don't remember the Music Men, it was like there was just a gro- bunch they're of a phenomena. <laughs> they, they were, were though. They were. They, they were, were really hot. Yeah, yeah, they were. And, and they're on Hey Hey at Saturday on yeah. Red Faces, and they did it like a kind of. Let's not sing it because I don't want to. I don't want to give them any more like airtime than that. Come on, don't be like that. Can you remember how you yeah, remember of course how I can. human human internet? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I can remember the yeah. We are the music men. We come from miles around. No, from no, down it? your from way. down your way. And I can play. What, what can, can you play? play? I can play the Mick Jagger. Hey, hey, you, you get off of my cloud. That's all they did. Is that really what it? Yeah. Oh, and then he danced around as Mick Jagger. Uh, I can play the Philip Tufnell. <laughs> cannot catch. Cannot field. Cannot catch. Cannot field. Oh yeah, and they, there was a Devin Malcolm one where he had no shot, no neck. Yeah. Uh, they would always that. update that yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom whatever, whatever cricket team was touring yeah. at the time. I wonder if they still do the Phil Tufnell material or whether they, like, they you know, know, it'd just be topical stuff now. Well, Phil Tufnell's like that awesome commentator now. Yeah. Like, so would know. they just be doing, like, would they be doing, like, Jason? I can do the Ben Cousins I can do or the I can do the Lindsay Jason. Lowen. Like, yeah. No, I'm on I drugs. I can't drive, I'm on drugs. I can't drive, I'm on drugs. This is easy. Yeah, we can totally. do this. It's a state, <laughs> statement of fact. <laughs> I am the Sarah O'Hare. Oh, got the wrong information. Marked up. Really embarrassed. Really embarrassed. <laughs> I can do the um, Kev, okay. Kevin Rudd. Lost my job when I overseas. Lost my job when I was... That's, it. that's yeah. all it is, isn't it? It's a statement like, of fact. Doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, yeah, right. That's a, that's a scam. And those guys had an album. Like, they recorded an album. Red yeah. Simons produced their album. I remember reading 
one of the street presses and um, they were reviewing the album and they just had written it was like the Spinal Tip thing it was just like absolute shit yeah. and then they said the fact that uh, Red Summons used to actually be in a band and then could produce this shit makes me think the man has no soul <laughs> That, that it is, yeah. So, well, anyway, Music Men. I'm not sure if it was original lineup or not, but the Music Men definitely performed at this breakfast that I did. So, did you remember what their rhymes were on on that gig? I didn't. I didn't. Do you, as an actual real comedian, feel <laughs> a little bit aggrieved when you're backstage and fucking five guys who work in finance and suits walk past you and who they're do, also who do three grand final breakfasts a year yeah. and a couple of footy nights? <laughs> Excuse me, guys. We're the Music Men. Do you reckon a guy's ever got laid because he was in The Music Men? No. Well, like, you've been at a bar uh, and it's like, do you remember The Music Men? Well, uh, if, if, if hot, like we said in the previous podcast, if, uh, hot, if, hot, dog, if hot dogs could get his dick sucked, mm. then I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, there's someone willing to suck a music man's dick. Right. <laughs> I would love to know, like... What, what their sex talk's like? <laughs> suck my dick, suck my dick, play with my balls, play with my balls, suck my dick, play with my balls, suck my, suck my dick. I am the music man. I'm about to come. Where go? Where are you gonna come? I'm gonna come on your back. Oh, here I come. Here I come. Oh, get the towel on my back. Get the towel. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna be fun. Really annoying to live with. And a music man. I am the music man. I come from miles away. What can you play? Hey. I can play the Call of Duty 4. <laughs> I'm on the couch, get me a beer. I'm on the couch, get me a beer. Have you got any weed? I'm playing Call of Duty. <laughs> that would be the whole life of the Music Man. Yeah, totally. I think it'd be kind of fun to meet No, you. the Music Man now would be, I am the Music Man, I come from down your way. What can you play? I can play, I'm a music man. Oh, kill me, please. I'm pathetic. Kill me, please. I hate my life. Kill me, please. Holding on to fame, I really hate my life. <laughs> you know what would be tougher than being in the music, man? I reckon. Like, because the original members, they've been there since the glory days. But it'd be tough. <laughs> the glory to re- days. <laughs> it'd be tough. Mate, they won Red Faces and they had an album. Yeah, they had they, glory days. Yeah, they did. And they played, like, they probably played, like, you know, footy, Stadiums. footy show grand finals and stuff like that. They I'd probably, love to see the Behind the Music special on The, the music, music Men, Men, wouldn't you? Behind the Music Men. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. We should do a, like, fake uh, Behind the Music Men. We should track them down and talk about, or just, like, find some blokes, because yeah, no totally. one would know. No one's going <laughs> to no no know. All you remember is there's one English guy. Yeah. There's an English guy, an English guy leader. Yeah, I'd suggest he's still probably in charge. I just, I don't know, but I'm guessing that, like, you know. <laughs> you don't think there's some Machiavellian figure behind the scenes pulling the strings? <laughs> Maybe Red Simon still has got his, like, you know, fingers in the Fingers fire. all over the music, man. Yeah, you think so? I, well, I think it would be hard to recruit. recruit, recruit. <laughs> Say it again. I think it'd be hard to recruit. You need to eat a book. <laughs> I do. Um, I think it'd be hard to recruit uh, new music men. Like, I get the idea that in the glory days, everyone wanted to be involved in the music men. Yeah. But now that you've got a franchise and yeah. you've got to pay gigs, there'd be blokes who'd be just like, mate, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's yeah, embarrassing. Well, and then you have to find new blood to be in the music well, men. Guaranteed, like, Darren Aronofsky is going to make the biopic on the music men, mm. which be just like the wrestler, you know? They're living from gig to gig. Trying to relive the glory years. That would be great. I would love to see it. Going ed- to strip clubs. I would love to see Trying to, to tell see people that they're music men. An edgy, fucked up documentary about the music men. Yeah, totally. Going, and guys just going, I wish I'd never, I wish we'd never even gone on Red Faces. <laughs> it ruined my life. And you're going to have like photos into cut with the documentary of them just like partying with Aussie Ostrich and stuff, and, like doing lines yeah. on a coffee table. And the weird thing was I had a really serious career I mean for me it was all about my poetry I got involved because I thought well here's a place I can rhyme publicly <laughs> <laughs> the guys seemed to be like they love my writing I was really into it but then I was trapped I was a one trick pony <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you remember when those Red Faces um, specials were like fucking the rating bonanza do you reckon if they did that again, re-released like a Red Faces best of, it would still rate really well? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's the thing that people still... I mean, it. I don't think anyone ever did it as well as Red Faces. You know, you see all those auditions for Idol and X Factor and all those sort of things. They have all the wacky yeah, people yeah. who audition. Yeah. But it never has the joy of Red Faces. 
My favourite example is our mate Lima, who I used to do the radio with. You know, he was on Red Faces. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He, he was Doing on... what? Stand-up. Is he a music man? <laughs> no. No, he did... He did stand-up. He did stand-up on Red Faces. And um, uh, he... Just did, told jokes. Yeah. Well, wow, barely. That's tough. <laughs> if you've seen them. Have you... Is it on YouTube? Oh, I hope it is. I'm not sure. I've seen it, though. <laughs> I've definitely seen it, and uh, it's pretty awful. Um, <laughs> he got beaten by a foreign woman who balanced a pot on her head. <laughs> like this guy. Did he come dead last? Oh, I'm not sure if he came... Yeah, I think he did come dead last, <laughs> but he definitely got beaten by the woman with the pot on her head. The judges were David Dixon from Indecent Obsession... Won't you tell me something? Who's gonna give me love? And all I want is one thing, and I need your love. So who was he? Yeah. <laughs> so David Dixon from uh, Indecent Obsession. Wow, this must be fucking ages ago. Yeah. David Dixon, like, was it was it during his Indecent Obsession fame or his Home and Away fame? No, he had kind of two it was. The, it, I think it was the height. Uh, was it? Well, maybe How not. How old is Limo? <laughs> I'm forty. Ah. Oh. So he would have been like young, like twenty doing, or something. Yeah, like I'm, like I'm, like he's probably been doing stand up for like you know. It would have been baby limo. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. Well, David Dixon was one of the judges. Well, let's anyway. say David Dixon. A general, I'm, I'm going to say that he couldn't have been like he wouldn't have been red faces material later than '92. So right. 18 years ago, I'm saying. Okay. So limo could have been 22. Yeah, maybe. I would say I wouldn't have said, I would have thought he was older than that, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. So the judges on this show were David Dixon, Sophie Formica, and Red Simons, obviously. And uh, Limo, I think he might have come last, <laughs> but but he certainly got beaten by the woman who balanced the pot on her head. Uh, and his friends, like you know, as good mates are, uh, for years would not let this go. Like not. he would come home from a gig and he'd be like, "Oh, it's a great gig," and they were like, "Would you say you were more or less funny than a woman balancing <laughs> a pot on her head?" In Limo's defence, like red faces. They could throw up Tough like a, a, trivi- a trivial act. Yeah. yeah, but they could throw up like, you know, like an old guy playing a harmonica. Yeah. He could win. Like, totally. it, it's not necessarily a talent-based event. A lot of it was based on, you know, sentiment as well. Uh, it was much like the Brownlow medal in football. <laughs> there were so many debates afterwards about who the deserving winner of Red Faces would be, whether the voting should be independent. It was, it, yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty tough. These friends of mine um, have this, had this heavy metal band when they were... Uh, in um, high school called Rockage and they were, Rockage? Yeah, Rockage Awesome and they have like a heap of all this um, uh, footage that they shot like they made music videos as teenagers and stuff it's brilliant like I honestly want to turn this into a documentary because yeah. it's so funny but they um, had three gigs that were all disasters and the uh, last of those three gigs was they went to play one of the guys in the band his mother worked in a mental hospital and so they were having like a, a talent quest. And so she said, well, why don't you bring the boys along and you can play your, you know, your music for, for all the inmates at this mental hospital. And the mother obviously didn't realise that the kind of music they were playing was like death metal, right? And so... Yeah, because that's not appropriate to play to uh, people who are at a mental hospital. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great gig. Hey, we're doing a gig on the weekend. Where are you playing? The mental hospital. <laughs> we are entertaining mental people. <laughs> So I've seen the videotape. There is, they, so they turn up and there's probably about 14 uh, patients in this mm. mental hospital. So they're playing to an audience of 14. Mm. And before them is a 10-year-old girl, because it's a talent competition, is a 10-year-old girl miming Madonna on like a little radio. So then they get up and play one of their songs, which is had a, a title like Tower of Light or you know one of those <laughs> yeah. typically metal songs. Yeah. Half the audience leaves. <laughs> And then they didn't. Even I know win. I've been arrested several times for masturbating on trains, but I find this offensive. <laughs> that happened to me with a play that I did once. Like, I did an amateur play, Anna Green, and no, Little Little Women. I I, I played uh, shit. What's the character's name? Whatever the guy in Little Women is. Oh, like, thank uh, God. What? I thought you were about to say that you were in like a high no, school production no. of Little Women and you had to play no, like Little Joe Christian, or something. Christian Bale played the same character in the film version and I know how much you love Christian Bale. Yeah. So I played the same part as Christian right. Bale. But um, we did this show and it was in this uh, amateur scout hall. It wasn't even a theatre. And so we would do matinees. And so even though we were... Because well, we weren't performing in a the theatre, 
when we do the matinees during the day, light would spill in all through the theatre. Huh. Didn't change the lighting cues at all. So no. we would be on stage and the lights would go down and people could still see exactly what was happening on stage. Yeah. But one day um, we had uh, all these people come in from like disabled school yeah. to watch the show. Mm. Half these people were in wheelchairs. They couldn't even walk, huh. yet they walked out of this They're like, please, place. please wheel us out of here right now. In fact, are you saying that they were cured? They hated the show so much that they walked away. No. It was like the opposite of a revival this meeting. This was probably their one day trip for the week. And they would rather yeah. wait in the car than watch me brutalize little women. Ah, oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. I would never brutalize little women. Unless they were really annoying. In Like Snooky. Snooky is a little woman I would brutalize. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. No, it's not. It's funny, man. Because you know I'm going to have to cut that out. No, you can't cut that out. Brutalize right. little women. I won't cut it out. It wasn't like you were actually saying you were brutalizing little women. No, it was just no. a, a poor... It was a poor uh, choice of words. Poor choice of words. Yeah. Um, you could use your skill uh, if you were like, this is a great, great skill for an actor. Mine is. Like, you wouldn't even have to memorize scripts anymore. You could eat your scripts. Ah, oh, that would be fucking And awesome. then, like, you would actually be able to... Although, you know, working on Blue Healers, mm. I don't need, need, to need, need to eat one script and that would probably do me the whole series. Because <laughs> I swear when, I was saying it, the same lines every episode. And when it came out the other end, it was actually less shit. <laughs> What you did, this is what Charlie did. He ate a copy of Blue Healers and he shouted out and it was Cops LAC. Ah, nice. <laughs> See what I did. What does that stand for, LAC? Because um, I don't know why, and this is obviously just my brain, yeah. but I, see, I hear LAC, I think lactating. And when I say Cops Lack, it's like Cops Lactating. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. That'd be a much better show. <laughs> lactating Cops. If it was about lactating cops. Male and female? Or yeah. just the females? No, both. Everyone just lactated. And they got to crimes. And they and have to wear did, oh, those special bras. Those bras. With the and their nip like the thing was they'd be fighting crime, but their nipples would be really sensitive. <laughs> and then like if they found a baby, they could feed it. <laughs> <laughs> like, lactating cops. How often would that happen though, that someone finds a baby that needs to be fed? Oh well maybe you just find like a like a someone who like had some coffee and couldn't find milk. <laughs> I don't know, like you know Would you drink would you drink breast milk? Yeah. Like from just anyone? No, well, not from anyone. I wouldn't well, just go up to strangers, but if someone yeah, offered okay. it. Okay, so just say you're like uh, on a flight and they come out and they say, oh, sorry, Mr. Anderson, we're mm. actually out of milk. And the woman sitting next to you is like, oh, well, actually, I'm lactating at the mm. moment. Would you like me to... <laughs> I'm signaling with my finger because I'm not really sure what lactating women say when they say they're about to... Would you like me to express... Mm. Yeah, exactly. ...into your cup? Would you say yes? Yep. I mean, yeah. What would stop you from saying Yes. If she had tattoos all over her breast, would you think, oh, she might have hepatitis in her boobs? Oh, can you get hepatitis from breast milk? I suppose you can. No, but from tattoos you can. Yeah, but like as in, like, would she be able to pass it through to me? I'd assume if it's in... Does, if you have one of those diseases, doesn't it infect all fluids? I guess so. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> let's say yes. Yeah, let's just say yes. In this situation, <laughs> let's say yes. Uh, I guess I'd, I'd ask if they were safe first. <laughs> would you really? Yeah. Would you, would you, how would you say that? Well, in the same ways you have to bring it up sexually. Okay, so we're on the we're on the plane. I'm yeah. I'm the woman who's lactating, and, right. and you're Will Anderson. And okay, and, yeah. And Can so, you, you also have to be the flight attendant? Okay, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Anderson. Um, we're out of milk. This is ridiculous. I have to stay up all night on this flight to do all this important work that I have to do, and the only way I can stay up is to drink coffee. And I refuse to drink my coffee without milk in it. This is bullshit. Well, maybe I can be of help. Hello. Hello, what's your name? I couldn't help but... Uh, uh, Angela. Hi, hi, Angela. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I couldn't help but overhear your discussion with the stewardess, and uh, as it turns out, I'm actually lactating at the moment, so I'm not sure how you feel about drinking breast milk, but I'd be more than happy to express into your cup. Oh, well, Angela, that's a, that's a very nice offer. Thank you very much. I should let you know that I do have tattoos all, acro- all across my breasts. <laughs> that's... It's interesting that you told me that, Angela. Um, uh, I, I certainly, the package in which the milk is coming is very colourful, and I, I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate your very generous offer. I'm sure that you will not be in any way offended if I say, is this a safe thing for me to do? There's no risk of me contracting a disease or anything doing this. I've never tried this before, so I don't mean to offend you. I just need to obviously cover off that this is cool. 
Who do you think you are? <laughs> Asking if I'm infected. I listen to your podcast. If anyone's infected, it's you in your brain. You're infected with filth. <laughs> Angela, there's no need to... To freak out, like um, you, you offered me some breast milk, and I was happy to have it. I You're was asking just... if I'm diseased, no. just because I have tattoos over my full, heavy, heaving breast. Well, you're the one who brought it up, Angela. That's the thing. You mentioned the tattoos, so I just assume you mentioned that for a reason, just so you knew where your milk was coming from. Right, Angela. Would it be weird if I asked you to shake your breast so I can have a cappuccino? <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> That's not how that conversation would go. <laughs> And you know it. I don't think any of that conversation would happen. <laughs> you, but you would. Would you actually drink breast milk? I would have no problem with it. I wouldn't drink if it someone straight. Someone offered it to you, like that. yeah, not straight. Like I wouldn't drink it. I don't. No, no, no. I don't like think I'd like your, the taste of coffee. it. But in a coffee, yeah, why not? Would you really? Yeah, why not? I just, I don't know. It's weird. It weirds me out a little bit. I would. I, I don't really have any problem with that. I mean, when when I consider the parts of a female's anatomy I've had in my mouth, mm. the fact that I get weirded out about the milk is kind of strange. Yeah, yeah. totally. I guess I've, I guess I you know what I What's wrong with milk milk when uh you've been round the corner where chocolate's made? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've milk milk's a good part of that. Well if I think about it, I probably I definitely have had breast milk in my mouth at some stage, so Yeah. Well when you have, were young. Have you tasted it like lately? No. I mean you wouldn't. I don't even drink regular milk. I don't But every milk. guy I know whose wife has given birth. Like, they all have a, have a go. Yeah. I don't think I'd, I'd do that. I don't know. I'm not weirded out by, like, you know... It's just... I just don't think I want to taste it. I don't find any of that stuff weird. I really don't. Bodily like, fluids weird. You're king of the... Uh. Yeah, but I but I, I think, you know, like, a, in a situation, if someone said, you know, can you, you know, eat this or try this or do whatever, I think I'd be fine with that. Maybe I wouldn't. But I think, I, instinctively, I think I would be. Yeah. We're obviously far more advanced than me. What? You grew up on a farm too. You've seen breasts. You've seen milk. Was it a dairy farm? Well, it's here. And yeah, essentially, right. like, I mean, every mo- I spent every morning getting up early to... Squeeze tits caress, and milk. Caress animals' tits in yeah. order to find milk <laughs> that I could then drink. So why is it weirder to take milk from a human being than it is to every morning because I would drink milk like that came out of the cow and then we just drink it squirt it directly into your mouth well I don't think I ever did that don't you have to purify that makes it sound like bukkake (laughs) like I'm under like a cow and just squeezing it in my face I love it oh it's in my eye doesn't the milk go through a pasteurisation process before you can drink it no it it does before it gets into shops and stuff yeah Pasteurized, homogenized from a cow's tit and it's fine yeah it's delicious it doesn't taste like the milk you get in shops I just got a horrible... Why does that freak you out? No, because... I it's milk. Up, I That's up, what's actually what it's meant to be taste I grew like. up in the city. As far as I know, yeah. milk comes in a bottle. Yeah. It doesn't come out of like a heaving teat. Yeah. Charles, I will not drink milk unless it has a missing child on it. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um, uh, no, Which no. Angela had tattooed on her breast. Yeah. Coincidentally. <laughs> I am... Um, no, no. No, it's... It's... Uh, it's it tastes like real milk. And the great thing about it, when you're a kid, and I was like a fat kid, so this was even better for me, <laughs> is it separates. You know, part of the, the process they put milk through is to kind of, I don't know, the pasteurization, homogenization means that it, it doesn't separate. But, you know, like butter and all that, and cream and all those sort of things are made by separating the, yeah, the yeah. you know, the milk. And so milk naturally does that. Yeah. So if you put a jug of milk in the fridge, like fresh milk, yeah. the cream rises to the top. Way. Hence the expression, the cream rises to the top. And unlike, then, unlike this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the it's basically water, like, you know, almost down Is the rest it really? of it. Yeah. So when you were a kid, and this would piss my dad off so much, if I got up early and, like, got out the Cocoa Pops, I would not shake up the milk. I would just... Yeah. Get all the cream, cream off yeah, the top. Totally. It was brilliant. Yeah, right. Yeah. I never thought of that. To this day, I still, uh, uh, like, occasionally if I'm at home by myself and I was a little stoned or whatever and I've got nothing to eat that's yummy in the fridge... Got a cow. I will get... <laughs> I will get Daisy, who I've got locked in a cupboard. Just suck on that seat yeah. while you're watching the football. No, I will still, to this day, put a little bit... With some Milo, I'll just put a little bit of cream in it. Yeah, and right. I'll make it like a paste, which I call Hilo. And then I will eat this Hilo paste. It's delicious. I highly recommend it. If I was on that MasterChef and they went to like my specialist meal, mine would be Hilo. I don't but, think that counts as a meal. <laughs> 
whatever, I combine the two into a thing. Much like the man who looked at a parachute and an overcoat and said, I can combine those two things. And we know how that story ended. Yeah, well, that's a good point you make. So, yeah, so you can drink milk straight out of the cow, is my point. And, and so I do that all the time. So I don't think I would have... Like, I think it's more natural to drink milk out of a human. Like, we're all human. Would you, know? you would you drink what animal? Where did you draw the line with the animals? Would you, would you drink milk out of a, a pig's teat? Um, goat yeah. goat's milk. Well, I've had goat's milk. Yeah, and I have goat's milk cheese and stuff all the time. I like it. What about cat milk? Cat milk. Yeah, they've got tiny nipples. It'd be yeah. hard to <laughs> at home milking a cat. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, In d- coffee, dog milk. Dog milk. Can you do milk a dog? Well, I'm assuming so. They got teats. Right. Teats. Teats. Right. I'm sure. Well, I mean, Your dog's a boy. Have you been milking your dog? Because it's yeah, that, a boy dog. The milk's really... Oh, <laughs> we won't go there. No. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't know. For some reason, there's something about the texture of milk that kind of grosses me out a bit. Like, I don't even like sharing, like, a glass of milk with my girlfriend. Or oh, no, no, like. I wouldn't do that. I don't like that. See, so that's the weird. idea of milk coming out of an animal, like, it has that same association. It's like, that's a fucking Petri dish, you know? Right. Like, I, I need it chilled and in a clean plastic bottle. The idea of it being near a nipple or straight out of an animal just kind of freaks me out a bit yeah right fresh though from the tap it's so weird you don't like urine farts vomit and shit Mm. I don't like milk (laughs) (laughs) hey we should wind it up Um, so we're going to do a a familiar uh, kind of send off imploring you to um, uh, follow us on Twitter yeah Could you follow, definitely follow us on Facebook now? I know I was against that last time, but I'm positive for it now because people have got annoyed that I'm plugging the podcast all the time on Twitter. Yeah. So spread um, the annoyance to as many social medias as possible. Yeah. No, well, I wanted like area where people are specifically interested that we can bug them, <laughs> you know, rather than just bugging people. It's like church. You know, it's a whole bunch of people already interested in hearing about God. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with like, you know, a priest banging on about God at church. Yeah. It feels like everyone's arrived for that to happen whereas if someone rocks up to your door and starts telling you about God that's an intrusion and you think Twitter is an intrusion well apparently I, I, that's that's the old I mean for a, for a comedian that's mm. all they do on Twitter is just plug kind of shows and podcasts and stuff I'm surprised uh, this guy was so sensitive I know get off Twitter dude yeah. read a book <laughs> go eat a book eat a book eat a book dude yeah so join and there's also something that has nothing to do with us on Twitter but I'm going to give a plug oh, to yeah, because yeah. I think it's cool which is uh, Tofop Quotes mm. um, so it's like uh, yeah, I guess it's just at Tofop Quotes well if you like the show and you yeah. like a quote just uh, write it into Twitter and hashtag Tofop quotes, so yeah. capitalize Tofop and then quotes one word, and uh, it'll go to this uh, this account page, which is yeah. it's great because we don't know that you guys actually listen. Yeah, like we think we just talk. Uh, it's amazing, and someone set this up. I, yeah. Like it's neither of us, but I like that it's there, and I do, and I do like that all the quotes have to do with anal sex. Yeah, <laughs> so well, most of this podcast does do. <laughs> I've listened back. All right, uh, so we'll see you next week. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name's Will Anderson. <laughs>